Embracing Grief on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I have a dear friend of mine with me, served in ministry with him at Southwestern Seminary for quite some time, Dr. John Babler, taught biblical counseling and and other related biblical courses, pastoral theology courses for over 30 years at the seminary level. He's now currently teaching at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary, growing their biblical counseling program. I'm thankful for his work there, the enduring work. He's been a pastor, served as, as a pastor on staff. He's also worked as a fire chaplain and a police chaplain as well. He's seen the beauty of biblical counseling and its effectiveness in in lots of different scenarios, even really large-scale crises, events that have happened around the country in in most of our lifetimes. So grateful for this brother. I I wanted him to to talk about this issue of grief. Uh, Sometimes it's an enigma to us. We're not sure how to think about it. A lot of us are facing issues of grief, and, and this is something that's ongoing. I mean, the Bible talks about it's appointed unto man wants to die and then the judgment. We all are around death and dying as much as we might try to avoid it. And it's not a bad thing that we would we would learn to deal with what reality is in the world in which we live. And so, Dr. Babler, first of all, I'm grateful for you being here. So thank you for, for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. And then second, what I want to do is, is ask you a few questions as it relates to grief. Now, the idea of embracing grief might be you know, a little bit of a, a confusing thought. However, I, I think it's a part of reality and we need to learn to engage it. And a lot of our grief counseling and, and our grief approaches to grief, our stages of grief are, are certainly not a biblical approaches to understanding grief and the experiences that we truly have. So, so I want to sort of set some of the record straight in how we think about grief. And man, with, with what we've been involved in the last two years with the pandemic, so many of us have been touched by, by death because of the pandemic. And we, we either are very close to someone who's died or we know of people in our church. I mean, we've all been affected in some way by some unexpected death with COVID or, or some other event. So, so think about how biblical, biblical counselors can respond to those who are struggling with grief. And it's something we've all experienced pretty closely lately. I think those are great points. I think that certainly as I look back over my life, grief is not anything that's new, but just the absolute prominence of it day to day for the last couple of years in the midst of COVID-19 is just with us. Uh, like I said, day to day, there was a period of time early on in the pandemic where many people I knew didn't know anybody that had, impa- had been impacted by COVID. But yet today that's changed. And I think just about everybody knows somebody who has uh, more than likely even died from it and, and, uh, at least in the midst of it. And, and so grief is just ever more prominent in the context of our current situation in our culture. One of my uh, concerns is that we need to recognize that this is an opportunity for us as biblical counselors. It's, it's an opportunity for us, as you mentioned, to help people as they work out their salvation with fear and trembling to, to help them work out what what is the place of grief? What do we do with grief? And and indeed, is there that idea of embracing grief? grief is that something we can? Is it something we, we, we should do? And I think those are vital things for us to consider. The, the reality is that if you think back 
to uh, another time where grief was uh, prominent uh, in the midst of the 9-11 invasion at that point, the collapse of the towers and all the death that came, what we found was that many people came to church. We, we found that uh, people, their, their spiritual interest was, was raised because life as they knew it had changed dramatically uh, in, just, uh, in, in, in a short few hours even. One of my griefs at one level is the fact that I don't think we as the church, in a broad sense, were good stewards uh, of what God allowed in the midst of that. We weren't good stewards of those people who came into our church doors. We, we got excited. We, we, we even maybe became a little prideful. Look, finally people are recognizing what we've known all along, that God's important. And then six months later, where were those people? Well, they weren't in church anymore. They'd gone back to whatever life was at that point. And so one of my, my burdens at this point in time is that I, I don't want that to happen in the midst of COVID. I think the very fact that it's, um, that it's more prolonged uh, is keeping it at the forefront of people's minds longer. The fact that it's impacting more and more people and that grief is so prominent. I would argue what a great opportunity for us as biblical counselors and those who want to encourage others with soul care what a great opportunity to, to come alongside them and in the midst of that grief to take initiative to help them address and deal with um, the crises that are going on around us, the loss and the death uh, that are going on around us. Yeah, because it is our responsibility to help people deal with reality because that is a it is a reality. We, we can't slough off the idea that, you know, we're, a person is experiencing deep grief from some sort of event or the loss of someone who's very close. You know, I had I had something happen as a young minister, and I'll make a confession. <laughs> I was on staff at a church with an older minister, and we were sitting down. I don't even remember how the discussion came up, but I think I was doing my first wedding, and and you know, I was excited. I was excited for the young couple, and you know, I was going to share with them, and, and was looking forward to the opportunity. And one of the things that he said to me one time is, is he said, man, you know, and, and he loves weddings. It wasn't an issue about weddings, but, but sometimes those things can get out of hand in their celebration and, and the way people approach mm -hmm. those. And he said, I would rather do 10 funerals than I had do one wedding. And I thought that was really interesting. And as a young minister, I don't know that I really understood that. And he's like, I'll, I'll make a deal with you. You do all the weddings, I'll do all the funerals. And as a young man, I thought, man, funerals are really uncomfortable. Sometimes you don't know what to say. What do you right. do? And I think as I've grown older, I realize what he was meaning is in moments of crisis like that, people are much more open to hearing about the realities that the scripture already described. And it was opportunities for ministry that, that oftentimes, to be honest, you, you don't get in the setting of a wedding where people's minds aren't on spiritual things primarily sometimes. And that, I think that's really interesting to, to think about that concept is you know, to engage where this brokenness happens because Christ gives an answer for those things. Now, that brings me to, to sort of a second question as I, as I think about that reality. In this particular area, think about how biblical counselors can, or maybe I should say should, involve the church in their counseling. Because I think this is not just an individual ministry. It's something that the church should be engaged in to some degree. What do you think about that, Dr. Babbitt? Yeah, I, I think that my observation, having dealt with some death in my family at, an, at a young age, was that, uh, and, and just to be an observer of churches for, for many years of ministry, is that overall the church does a pretty good job with an initial response mm -hmm. to a death. 
the, the initial phone calls come in and, and the visits and during the service and usually a meal. And, and, and I, I remember about the time when my oldest brother was killed in a motorcycle wreck when I was 17 years old, about the time that all of that stopped was the time where it began to sink in the finality of the fact that my brother had died. Mm -hmm. And, and about the time where I needed help the most was the time where there was no help. People had gone on with life. Uh, I wanted to, to shake my fist and realize that, uh, and, and, and say, don't you realize that life is not normal? Mm -hmm. But for them, of course, it, it, it was. And, and, and so one of the challenges of the aspect of grief, especially in regards to the death of a loved one, is the fact that it does not end it, it isn't something that's resolved in a period of a, a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Those anniversaries, those holidays, all those things that occur the, the first time without that loved one can be, can be very significant and very challenging. And so when I think about the, the, the picture in scripture of the church as a body, I think grief provides a, a great opportunity for the church to come together as a body and, and minister to those people. And, and certainly to have a biblical counselor there that can walk with and love and encourage, speak the truth in love, that's vital. But to along with him or her to have others that could do things such as maybe wash a load of laundry or provide some, some childcare for the, for the kids or you know any one of a number of practical things can be vital as well. One of the things about COVID that's problematic too is that um, it's changed the way we grieve. Mm. Many people who would have been at the bedside of their loved one when they died weren't able to. They had no access. And, and I would argue that makes their grief even more difficult. He, he died alone. She died alone. I, I, I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. One of the things that sometimes comes with, with grief is a, is a sense of guilt. And that guilt is even more prominent. But the, the memorial services or the, the funerals that were delayed for weeks or months, you know, all of those things together, I would argue, provide an even greater opportunity and even more significant time for us as biblical counselors to involve the church as a body in ministering to and asking questions that might not have been pertinent four years ago, but are very pertinent today. No, I love that. I think... We have to take the truth of the gospel and meet the needs that, that are present. And I think that's a really good explanation of how even grief has shifted and changed. The way that we've dealt with death is quite different. You know, we, we experience that certainly with folks who are close to us who have gone through COVID and been in the hospital, not being with them. And, and we didn't even lose anyone close, but just them being in the hospital, you not being there, it, it, does, it, it, it has an effect on you. You want to be there. To, to care for them, and especially if you've lost someone that way, man, it does change the way that we grieve. I love the way that you're talking about the church being involved and the body of Christ being involved and thinking about that more long term and how to, how to minister to the need of that particular individual and showing the beauty of the body of Christ in an encouraging way to do the one another's for, for those people, and not just in meals provided and that sort of thing, but even as we think about long term. And I, I want to bring that down to a little bit more practical. And Dr. Babler, I want you to help us with this, to think about this in practical terms as individuals and then corporately as a, as a church body. 
Uh, what are some of the practical ways or ideas that we can assist those who are actually walking through this type of grief? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. Again, I think this provides a great opportunity as I look towards, as you've mentioned, I've taught in biblical counseling arena for many years and with the, with the Lord's patience, is, uh, I'm, it looks like I have an opportunity to teach for a number more years uh, with his help. And one of the burdens I have is to, to challenge biblical counselors to get biblical counseling out of the counseling office. And, and, and I think this arena of, of grief in this context and time with the, the pandemic and other issues that are going on provide a great opportunity for us to get uh, counseling out of the counseling office and, and, and the idea of relationship. I would argue that, uh, and I, I would have argued this before, but now uh, maybe one of the most effective ways to provide biblical counsel for someone who's lost someone to COVID, maybe even within the past year or so, may have been two years ago even, is rather than to say, hey, would you like to, to sit down and make a counseling appointment? And some of those are coming, but is to say, can we go grab lunch? I would argue that sometimes informal counseling is as effective and sometimes even more effective and important than, than, than formal counseling. And I've found that in the midst of, again, in the midst of COVID, one of the things as I have tried to be a good steward of, uh, of, of the pandemic, I've found that the, a great opportunity for me to get involved in discussions, even with strangers in a restaurant or another context, is to talk to them about hope. I've actually developed a little a tract that's based on some of my life and losses and, and that I use as well. But that idea of, of just talking to them about hope, sometimes I'll say on a, on, with all that's going on around you, you know, on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being very hopeful and one being no hope at all, where do you find yourself? And, and it really doesn't matter where they answer because they, but they're intrigued that, that, that I'm interested enough to ask them that question. And then to begin to, to, to build and develop a relationship in the midst of that great opportunity right now for people, they're not going to find it untoward. They're not going to be surprised that somebody asks them about hope because clearly we, we live in some days that are, that are challenging. And so getting counseling out of the counseling office, I think is important. And we've already talked about the importance of, of uh, the church as a body. You know, I think some key things as we, as we deal with people who are struggling with grief and again, I think part of that idea of even embracing grief is because of the fact that God in his sovereignty has allowed this, this loss, this death, this, this situation to occur where we grieve and, and God is going to bring good out of it. And, you know, the good that he promises in Romans eight twenty nine is that we're going to look more like Christ mm-hmm. in the midst of him bringing good out of difficulty. And, and, and so we can, we can embrace that because we recognize that, that even in the midst of death and loss, that this isn't the end, that this hasn't taken God by surprise, that uh, this isn't home. Mm. And there will soon be a time where there is no more tears and no more death. And, 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 and so to recognize that even in the midst of providing honor for a loved one who has died to, to share the what God has done in their life to, to, to be able to focus on the memories uh, where those, where those are appropriate, I think are important as we, as we minister again, formally or informally, I think compassion is key. It's, it's easy to have compassion for somebody who's grieving, but sometimes it's important to step back and realize that as we are developing compassion, as we think even about compassion, that they may not be addressing, thinking, or dealing with things in the same way we are. And so listening, asking questions, 
becomes very important in the midst of ministering to people who are grieving, serving mm-hmm. them. You know, we had some friends in the, as, as my wife and I have experienced uh, deaths in our family, we had some friends that, that were comfortable with enough with us to know that in the midst of a large family, a lot of times house cleaning didn't get top billing. And so we had some friends that knew us well enough and were close enough to us that say, hey, when when you're all at the funeral home, could we come and just kind of tidy up the front rooms of the house for people to visit? Well, that was great. Now, not everybody could have offered us that. But, you know, somebody who was in relationship with us was able to offer that. You know, what a great way to serve us. And even when you offer, even if somebody says no, you've still shown that that uh, that commitment and desire to to serve them. Ministering scripture to the midst of uh, in, in the midst of people in grief, I think, is vital. If you experience a loss, and I'm a friend of yours, most likely I will send you whether it's a note or a, an email or a text or whatever, and, and I will include scripture in that, not just referencing something. You know, God teaches this, but will include scripture because I think God's word is indeed living and active, and it's what we're called to minister. Mm-hmm. And grief can provide a great opportunity for uh, for us to do that. Of course, prayer. People in grief are open to that. Mm. We need to be ready, though, to speak the truth in love, mm. even in the midst uh, of, of somebody who's grieving. We, we see somebody who's grieving and we see their pain. And I mean, we're, we're compassionate people who probably wouldn't be doing biblical counseling if we weren't. And, and yet when we see people who are struggling, our, our tendency is we don't want to pile on. We don't want to add to their struggle. And a you know, very simple, simplistic illustration I sometimes use is that if you had a friend that was struck blind, and um, you were leading your friend. And as you were leading them, they've really struggled with this, but they're kind of at a point with their being struck blind. And, 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 and they're kind of at a point where they're, they're doing okay. And as you look a little bit down the road in front of you, you see a big hole, a 15, 20 foot hole. And you realize if you keep going straight that you'll, you'll miss the hole, but your friend will fall into it. And you think to yourself, well, if I tell him there's a hole in front of us, it might bring up again his, it might remind him of the fact that he's been blinded and he might really struggle with that. And so I don't know that I want to, you know, bring it up to him. Mm-hmm. Or, and if I, even if I begin to turn, he's going to ask why I'm turning. And if I say, well, it's because there's a hole, he'll say, oh my gosh, I, you know, I would have fallen to my death in a hole and I can't even see it. And, and so I'm just going to keep walking and not say anything. Mm-hmm. Well, of course you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times people in, in, in grief and, and in crisis, as they maybe, speak things that, uh, that that dishonor God or as they address or deal with other people in a way or do things that clearly don't line up with scripture, our sense is, well, I don't want to pile on, so I'm not going mm-hmm. to address that. And I think often asking questions can be very helpful. So where is God in the midst of this? Mm-hmm. can be very helpful as, as far as providing opportunity to maybe speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And we don't always have to do it right that very moment. But I think we have to be careful that we don't show an ultimate lack of compassion by not being willing to speak the truth in love, even to people who are in, in, in grief. Amen. So many good practical wisdoms that you're giving there. And I think one of the things I want to reemphasize is grief is often silent. And sometimes as counselors, we get into this, you know, unfortunate professional or formal mode that, you know, if there's an issue, it will come to us. And that's not the way God teaches us to minister. And I think you bring that point out so well to be the church, which is to to go out to find us. I mean, grief, as I said, is often silent, often isolating. 
and it doesn't come to us. We need to go to to them who are hurting and who we know are grieving and wrestling with some of those issues and provide the the biblical context that you just described, even in just relationship, the ministry of presence, the ministering the word slowly with with someone, all great things for us to remember. And I think it helps us to understand how we can do different than the world. The world tries everything they can to avoid, run from grief, where we can find find grief because it's a part of reality and, and embrace it in a way that God can teach us through that. He can grow us through that, and we can show the strength of, of Christ's Word in the midst of it. So, Dr. Babler, thanks for helping us engage this topic. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Now, I think it's really important that we as biblical Christians talk about this issue of grief. It is a very normal thing that the Bible is is unafraid to speak of clearly. I'm so grateful to Dr. Babbler for having that discussion with us today. I want to make you aware of something that's upcoming even this week. We've done these things in the past, and this Thursday and Friday, we will meet together with about 40 leaders in the biblical counseling movement to have our annual colloquium. And I think this year is as important as ever. We're going to talk about the psychological self and the sexual revolution and how that impacts the counseling room and the church really more broadly. We're going to talk about issues of homosexuality, heterosexual sin. We're going to have discussion about ethics of, of all sorts, biomedical and such, relative to gender reassignment surgery. We're going to talk specifically about the issue of transgenderism. We're going to talk from a legal perspective, how we in the counseling room should should handle some of the laws that are trying to be passed. There are going to be five basic presentations where we're going to discuss different aspects of what's happening in our world right now. And we hope to release those essays in the spring. But we've also done colloquiums in the past. And what we've tried to do is to record those presentations and make those available to members. This is one of the ways that we're trying to increase the value of membership. Last year's colloquium is up on your member portal for all of you who are members, and you can watch those absolutely free. The topic last year was fascinating, myths of modern psychiatry, and I think you'll benefit from that. And so I mentioned that for those of you who are members to, to go find those presentations on your member portal. I think you'll benefit. But then also to make you aware for, for the sake of prayer, we're going to be talking about some very heavy things this week. And so please keep us in your prayers as we discuss these things as leaders. And then in the future, look for these presentations to be released in our new journal that we hope to release in the spring of 2023 as well. And you can find resources just like we're putting out with the colloquium at our website, biblicalcounseling.com.